Hey, coaches, Joe Salas here. Welcome to Championship Culture. Got a special guest with us today. Jeff Craddock is the head football coach at Tarboro High School. And uh, Jeff has been very successful as a football coach. He has won five state championships. He's played for eight state championships. But the, the reason he's on here is, uh, number one, he's a, a Focus 3 disciple. And uh, the two biggest things I can say about Jeff is not about how many rings he's won. It, it's these two things. Number one, he's in an extremely talented place where he could, uh, you know, he could go to the beach all summer, but he has chosen not to. He has chosen to, uh, you know, deep dive on building culture and, and building men. And, uh, and I just think, I always thought that was a, a big deal, you know, that when, when you've got so much talent, you literally could go to the beach and start August 1st, but you choose not to. You choose to perfect your craft and invest in the kids. That means a lot to me. And then the second one was we played them in the playoffs and they whooped our tails, but I've never seen a, uh, such a physical team be so well-mannered as far as his kids. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, culture is, is how the behaviors is, is what culture is really about. His kids act right. And, that, you know, and sometimes that's tough when you're, when you're, when you're a, 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 a hardcore physical team, sometimes they, they don't know exactly right, but Jeff, your kids did, and, uh, and it was noticeable. So uh, we're going to take you through the five questions. Jeff, I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate you being here. So go ahead. Number one is, is your one-minute elevator introduction. Well, Coach House, first of all, thank you so very much for having me on here. Much respect from myself and uh, Tarboro Football, obviously heading your way. I've known you for a long time. Um, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Um, you know, the first thing I just like to say is uh, I've, I've been a blessed man. You know, I just turned 50 years old just uh, about two or three weeks ago, and I can remember sitting outside on the uh, my deck and just kind of looking around and looking at uh, my four children and looking at my beautiful wife um, and just being so thankful to the Lord. I was sitting there, you know, we lost our last state title game in rather embarrassing fashion. We just didn't play typical Tarboro football, and a lot of that was due to they played great East Surrey football. But, you know, those losses are tough to get over. But I was sitting there looking. I'm like, you know what? Um, you know, if the Lord would have given me, you know, uh, when I was 17, 18, and said, okay, Jeff, when you turn 50, you're going to have a beautiful wife. You're going to have four children, two boys, two girls, you know, my oldest son, Clay, and I got Kayla, Kara, and Cole. Clay's 18, then it goes Kayla 17, then it goes Kara 15, and Cole's getting ready to turn 14. So we got four teenagers, and they're wonderful kids. Um, and, you know, and so he would said, you know, here you go. Here's the home I'm going to have for you. Here's the school that you're going to have an opportunity to coach in. And, oh, by the way, you know, you're going to have five state titles and play for eight. Would you sign up for that plan? My God, I would sign up for it in a second. And so it kind of keeps everything in perspective. Um, I'm actually an elder at Sunset Church of God. I've been a loyal member of that church now going on 15 years. Um, you know, when I came to Tarboro, I wasn't a Christian. And uh, it was kind of a huge story about how everything happened. But basically, I became a Christian and rededicated my life to the Lord right when this Tarboro football gig happened to open up and become available. So there's a whole story there that I – I'll get into maybe at a later point in time, but the Lord just opened up this door and, and, and you know, I knew that I had to jump in it and 
He's been with me this whole time through the very bad, which was very, very bad at the beginning. It was a tough start to my career, but I just knew blessings were coming. But I've been blessed with a surrounding great staff. I got a wonderful family, and uh, you know that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Hey, it, it's uh, sometimes you gotta be careful when the teenagers have you outnumbered at home. So uh, <laughs> doing good. All right. Uh, second question is, what is what is your working definition of culture? You know, it's funny because culture is kind of like the, I guess, uh, you know, the new shit term now or whatever. Everybody wants to you know what's culture, what's culture. And, you know, I have some great coaching friends who years ago, um, you know, I would, we would start talking about culture. And they're like, man, I don't care about culture. Just I want to know, I want to talk to you about linebackers play you know I want give me some drills what are you doing you know to, what's your key drills you know what's your tackling drills you know what are you doing to get off blocks man I ain't worried about this culture stuff and I was trying to tell them back then I'm like listen bud if you don't get the culture right then what you're teaching isn't going to matter I mean that's that you know I think that that's my philosophy I think um you know the blocking stuff is good and the tackling stuff is good and I, every football coach loves talking x's and o's we all know if we have the chalk class we're going to win that battle and, um, but at the end of the day, if you're not establishing the culture of your program, and I kind of looked at, you know, what is, what is your team known for? You know, how are your kids acting? Um, that basically, you know, what is the personality of your team is basically what I think defines the culture of your team. And I'll talk with coaches and I'll tell them, you know, either by design or by default, you're going to have a culture. Now, I would rather have it by design. It's like telling your football team, okay, I just want you guys to go out there and run a football play. You guys can pick it, go out there and run any play you want. That play's probably not going to look very good. Um, but if you say, okay, as a football coach, I'm going to design the play, and we're going to practice that play, and then you guys can execute the play, I think obviously that play has a much more chance of being successful rather than, okay, just do it on your own. It's the same thing with culture. You're going to build a culture and you're going to be known for something. And if you are a, you know, designing football coach, like most of us are, you, we have schemes. I think your best bet is, okay, I'm going to design a culture that I'm going to believe in, that you have to believe in, and that, you know, you yourself have to follow to implement for your, your coaches and your players and your managers. Everybody has to follow that culture. And, you know, I, you know, I'm speaking to coaches, I tell them, you know, you all know when you're getting ready to play a team that week and you're like, you know what, this team's going to run their mouth, they're going to be cocky, they're going to take cheap shots. That's culture. That's a culture that you, you know, created. You know when you go into a team like, man, these guys are going to be physical, they're going to be well coached, they're going to do it the right way. I mean, that's how I start every single Monday meeting with my team is not about X's and O's. It's about the type of team we're getting ready to play. Do we got to be weary of, like I talked about, are they going to run their mouth? Are they going to try to bait us into penalties? Are they going to try to cheap shot after the play? And those teams have created that culture. That head coach and even that head coach being like, no, that's just what my kids do when they go on the field. I would disagree. I and mean, they don't get me wrong. My kids aren't perfect. And we get penalties. And I've actually had, you know, an unsportsmanlike personal foul on one of my players. But it's not the norm. When that happens, people, my fans, my coaches, my players, they know that is something that's out of what we preach and something that's out of the ordinary rather than 
oh, that's just what you get when you play this football team. So those are all the elements that I think goes into the culture of your program. That's awesome, man. And I'm with you. I think uh, sometimes those, those real physical teams, coaches have a tendency to just say, oh, we just got to let the dogs eat. But that, that was one thing that really jumped out about your bunch was, man, they were physical, as physical as any team we've ever played, but they were well-behaved. They were good kids, and, and they acted right. And I, I thought that was a testament to you. All right, third one. This is, this is where we get to meat and potatoes. What are the three best things you do to build culture in your program? Well, the first thing, and I think a lot of coaches miss this, is obviously you got to make a conscious decision to implement a culture. And, okay, and then now you got to sit down and you got to figure out, you know, what is important to me? What do I think are the three most important elements, you know, that I want to implement that I'm going to enforce and I'm going to get my coaches, my assistant coaches to enforce that I'm going to get my middle school team to enforce that I'm going to get my JV team to enforce. What I do here at Tarboro, I think this is missed at a lot of places is when I have team meetings in the off season, I invite and I expect my middle school coaches to be there, all my JV coaches to be there and all my varsity coaches to be there because I want my middle school coaches, my varsity coaches to be just as much as part of Starboro football as I am as the head coach. So, you know, we're playing the football game on a Friday night. My middle school coaches are right down there, not on the actual sideline of what we're coaching, but they're, you know, around the 25 yard line or 20 yard line, um, just being a part of it. Um, when the middle school team plays, um, I have my varsity football team. If we're still if we're still practicing, we'll stop practice and we get a lineup. And as the kids are walking on the field, we're shaking their hands. We're wishing them good luck. Um, obviously, our varsity team watches our JV team. I mean, most teams do that, but we really try to integrate all levels of the program. And like when we win a state title, I want our community, I want coaches at every level, you know, even at our rec league level, they run the Tarboro T. And when I'm done breaking down film on a Saturday morning, the first thing I do is I go right out to the field, right to the sideline, and I just walk up and down the sideline. I pat the kids on the head. I say hi to the coaches down there. Because a lot of them I did coach back in the day. And I tell them, thank you for being a part of Tarboro football and for all they're trying to do at that youth level. you got to make people, I mean, not feel important because they are, but, I mean, you know, you got to really embrace all the coaches that are part of your program because you're going to get these kids sooner or later if you stay at one place long enough. And I want those rec league coaches to thump their chest if we win a state title because, you know what, hey, I remember coaching those kids. So, um, you start building that call. So the first, the first part, so the one word I guess I could put out there is you got to implement your culture. And I think you need to implement it at all levels. Um, because, you know, by the time they, they get to Tarboro varsity, you know, the culture really has been established already for years. Now you got to get the right people underneath you to implement your culture. And if they're not going to implement your culture, then you need, you need to say, sorry, I need to find somebody else. Um, it's just as important of, I mean, we run the T at the rec league. We run the 4-4 cover three T at, at the middle school level. We run it at the JV level. Obviously, we're at the varsity level. 
So, I mean, I'm not going to have a middle school coach who is running the spread offense because that's what he wants to run. And those kids are coming up to me. Yeah, that's doing us no good. Um, I tell my middle school coach, your job isn't to win. Now, if, trust me, he does win. He does a fantastic job. I coached him back in 1997. Um, and they do, I mean, if watching, you'd be amazed. If you would watch our middle school team coach, you'd be like, my God, it is just an absolute miniature version of Tom Varsity football. I mean, the stunt calls, the play calls, um, I mean, it's, it's exactly the same. It's just not quite as detailed. But and they are a hard-fought, gritty team. They, it's, it's actually mini Tarboro. So, and, and that's what we try to get to. So, um, you know, you want to implement it. So that's point one. Number two, you got to teach it. You know, how do you know your, how do your kids are going to know what your expectations are I mean, if you don't teach it, we do a great job, most of us as high school coaches, of teaching skills. Um, but do we do a good job of teaching leadership skills? Do we do a good job of teaching, okay, this is how I want you to act? You know, like I, the one that we talked about, you know, we, we have the three C's of Tarboro football. And I don't try to, you know, I don't think you can have a culture of, all well, these are our 10 things we're going to focus on. Kids ain't going to remember that. My God, I'd forget 10 things that I'm trying to implement. But, you know, so I've come up with the character, I've come up with the commitment, I've come up with the passion. Those are the three blocks of emphasis that, you know, we've put PowerPoints together. Um, matter of fact, at the JV level, my JV head coach actually has the kids write a paper on above the line thinking and below the line thinking and the do's and the don'ts and how they can implement it in their everyday life. Um, we've got, you know, our, our cultural playbook, as I call it, you know, with our three C's. Um, you know, what's the most important, you know, thing I want you to uh, be when you graduate Tarboro uh, football or Tarboro High School? So want you to be a good person. I think most coaches want, you know, we want to grow these young men. So we use the game as a tool to teach lessons about discipline, to teach about disappointments, to teach about getting up after, you know, we've, we've had a, a heartbreaking loss about the thrill of victory, about how to do things the right way. Um, I, I teach my guys, listen, you guys are the leaders of our community. I expect you to be leaders. You know, a phrase that I always like to use and football coaches can steal, you may graduate from Tarboro High School, but you never graduate from Tarboro football. Once a Viking, always a Viking. I try to keep in touch with all my players. I know that's hard to do, but I mean, I if you come to a Tarboro football game, you'll see boatloads of Tarboro fo football players uh, lined up on the sidelines watching, encouraging the guys to play. And, you know, after the game, everybody comes on the field and everybody wants to say hello. It's just really, really neat. But, you know, we've taught these things along the way. And, and I'll say this about my the compassion, because a lot of people are, how can you preach compassion in football? Football's tough. It's mean. It's violent. You know, get over there, you know, you know demoralize your opponent and especially in today's time look look what's going on in the world today and i don't have a problem teaching love uh we use the word valhalla we we have catchphrases that that are special to us valhalla basically i'm not going to get into all the definitions but it's a viking term if you want to look it up on your own you any coach can but i like to use neat words that make our program special nobody uses valhalla uh, we break down to Valhalla. Basically, it's the ultimate self-sacrifice. Basically, when you say Valhalla, you're saying it's not about me. It's about me loving you and me giving up what I want for the betterment of the team. Oh, that and thing. that's how I use compassion. Um, I tell them, guys, we're not all the same. 
we, you know, the guy sitting next to you, there's one bond that we have, and that's the football bond. You know, the jersey says Tarboro, the one says Vikings. That's who we are. Uh, you don't know what that kid goes home to. You don't know what your teammate faces when he goes home. He may not have a place to stay on a regular basis. He may not have a hot meal for supper when he goes home. You know, I use my own son as an example. You know, Clay played for me. You know, he's played for the whole system. He's going to NC State as a walk-on this year. I'm very proud of him. Um, but I was telling listen, Clay knows he's going home to a house. He knows exactly where he's going. He knows he's got a bed to sleep in. He knows there's not going to be fighting. He, there's not going to be drugs. There's not going to be a big party. It's going to be he's going to come in, get a hot shower, get a meal, do his homework, get a good night's sleep, and come to school. Not everybody has that, and we need to be cognizant of that, and we need to respect your teammate. You need to love your teammate and maybe you know, try to understand that all of us go home to something different, but at the end of the day, we're all in it you know, to become better people and to love each other, to help each other, support each other, and so that's how, I mean, compassion's always been big to me, and I coach with that in mind, which I'll talk about a little bit later. And then the last one, I know we're getting to the third. I'm probably doing exactly what I said to Coach. Hold up your phone, and you call him back. He doesn't even answer. No, he. I talked to him. All right. Okay, good. So, Valhalla, spell that for me. Yeah, it's V-A-L-H-A-L-L-A, Valhalla. Okay, awesome. And then you're on number three, point three. Yeah, number three, and the last one, which sometimes us as coaches is the hardest one, is, you know, once you implement your culture, and then once you start teaching your culture, now you got to model that culture. Uh, that, that's where you say that's where the rubber meets the road. Okay, so you know you can preach it, you can talk about it, and all these things, but now you got to enforce it. Now you got to model it, and now you you know expect your assistant coaches to follow it. Obviously, you expect your players. I mean, one of the things I won't tolerate. This sounds funny, but I won't tolerate profanity. Um, tell the kids, listen, there's a time and place for it. And, you know, it's not. In the weight room, it's not on the practice field. Tell the coaches the same thing. Um, I, you know, on the sidelines, you know, I'm, we're not going to hear any mess. We're just going to do what we're supposed to do. So anyway, and obviously people cuss. I mean, I get it, but I'm like, hey man, ten push-ups, and the kids roll right down, and, and, and they do ten push-ups, and then we we move on. Um, but guess what? If a coach cusses, guess what that coach has to do. Boom, he drops down, does 10 push-ups, and gets up. And so, you know, the kids check the, uh, the coaches. The uh, coaches check the players. And, you know, that's just kind of, you know, what we do. And that's just a nice little, you know, I'm just trying to teach these kids there's a time and place for everything. But, you know, where, where it really got me, I can tell you this funny story, is um, we were getting ready to play Edenton in the Eastern Finals. It was in 2017. We had just lost to Wallace in the Eastern Finals the year before in a very close game. We had two huge turnovers, gave them 14 points, ended up losing the game by two scores. I wrapped up, we, we fumbled the game away. They went on to win the state title easily. I thought we were good enough to win it that year, but we didn't. So we, you know, I brought the whole team back the next year. And we were good. I mean, we were really, really loaded. We were undefeated. And so we get to this point Thursday before we play them. And I'll be daggone, you know, my Thursday practices, if I'm out there longer than 30 minutes, I'm pissed about something. Something ain't going right. If Thursdays I'm in, I'm out. You know, I'm just mentally checking in. I'm not going to get into all that. But these kids are screwing around, screwing around. 
they're thinking, you know, all oh, this is all they're well, they're wanting to have a good time. And so I, you know, I told them, I said, listen, guys, I'm, I'm, you know, we've worked too hard to get to this point. Now we ain't, we ain't out here screwing around. No more than I said that I start walking across the opposite side of the field and somebody on the sideline got a rock and, and was running around the bench and threw a rock at one of their players. Yeah, people think I don't deal with stupid stuff at Tarboro. This is just, you know, one little, little incident. Are you kidding me? And it just set me off. And I blew that whistle, and I brought everybody in, and I just freaking went insane. So needless to say, there was a lot of profanity spewed during my uh, little episode. Of course, the coaches love it. When I explode, which I don't explode often, I try not to, really. Oh, they just turn their back. They just start laughing. They think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And so needless to say, we did win the game, praise the Lord, and we did go on and win the state title. But that Monday, as we were out there warming up, I made it a point to go to like every position around the field and I would just drop down and do 15 or 20 or I don't know how many push-ups and I'd go to the next station. I went to the next one. So I ended up at the end of practice doing 150 push-ups. And so I brought the team in and I said, okay, guys, you know, and I made sure that everybody saw me doing them. So we added them all up and I was like, all right. So I did 150. Now I don't know how many swear words I said. I said, that gives me 15 you guys think that's fair? Do I owe you more tomorrow? And I think they cut me a little slack. They said, no, coach, you're good, you know, but I think they appreciate that. You know, I mean, you expect it out of your players, expect it out of yourself, but they're not perfect. Definitely, God knows I'm not perfect. Um, but, you know, that, that just goes into, I think, your culture of, of everything. So you implement it, you teach it, you try to do the best you can to model it. That's awesome, man. All right, the the fourth one's called we call it the million dollar question. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? <laughs> That's a good question. I always like that one. Uh, there's a lot of different points. I actually thought a little bit on on that one, but uh, there could be a lot of funny things I could talk about. But I'll I'll be straightforward and honest. Um, I don't know if he's going in any particular order, but number one, I think where I see a lot of people making mistakes is this, if you're going to take over a job, and I'm, this is not against, you know, I've, I've been at Tarboro since 1995. I found my passion. I found my love. I've been blessed with a great community. And I've just, you know, I've made it to this is where I'm going to build my roots. I mean, I just felt it. Um, and so, you know, I just dug in from the very beginning. You weren't going to tell me that, you know, we weren't going to be successful. You weren't going to tell me that, you know, we couldn't win here. So, but I just believe from day one, okay, this is where I'm going to be, and this is how we're going to do business. And, and I really like talking about the first four years. I didn't win a playoff game. People forget that. Um, I was 0 for 3 in the playoffs one year. didn't even make it. We went 3 and 8. Um, but I just really believe because I just wouldn't budge on issues. I think so many times people or coaches will take a job, and they, have, they take it with one foot in that job and the other one always putting out applications looking for a better job. Sometimes the better job's not out there. And this, like I said, this is not about, you know, wanting to get better, wanting to coach 2A football, 3A football, 4A football, or moving. I mean, it's not about that. But I think I've seen a lot of coaches, they'll go in and say, well, I want to win now so my resume looks better so I can get a better job. And when you go in with this, I want to win now mentality, I think coaches – let things slide because they don't want to discipline their kids as much as they should. Cause man, that guy, he may help me win a game on Friday. So I'm going to turn the blind eye to this. I'm going to turn the blind eye to that. 
I just think that, you know, starts to corrupt your whole entire program. And at the end of the day, that kid probably ain't going to help you win on Friday night anyway if you're looking the other way on certain things. So I wouldn't, that's just me, I wouldn't trust him anyway. But what, when you take a job, take it and coach it like it's going to be your last. And then it may not be, but I think you'll have way more success with that attitude than having one foot in the door and having one foot out the door saying, well, I'm going to blow a beer for a couple of years. I'm going to be moving up the chain. I think that's a, uh, it's a rough way to start mentally. Uh, number two, I would say when, when you hire your staff, em, empower your staff to do their job. I know as head coaches, we want to have our hand in everything. That's, I think, the genetic makeup of most head coaches. We are controlling people. We, you know, want to control as much as we can control offense, defense, special teams, drills, okay? We, we, we put practice schedules together, you know, here at Carboro, you know, every five minutes is detailed. These are plays we're going to be running during these times. I mean, I get all that. But your insistent coaches are the glue that holds your team together and empower them. You, I want people to take complete ownership in Carboro football like I do. I always tell my coordinators, Man, if we win a game 70 to 69, I'm going to bed happy because we won the game. Somebody better be going to bed pissed off. That'd be my defensive coordinator for giving up 69 points. If we win a game two to nothing, I'm going to bed happy. Somebody better be going to bed pissed off. My offensive coordinator, what can we do better? I want them to take complete ownership in what they do, but to, to get your coaches there, you have to be willing to give up your complete ownership. So, and if you can't do that, there's either two things. Either number one, you're not hiring the right people, or number two, you're just a complete control freak, and that's not going to end well. Either way, it's not going to end well for you. Um, I haven't called an offensive play or a defensive. Every now and then I'll call an offensive play. I'm the trick play guy. I'm, that's, I may call one trick play every couple of weeks. You know, guy, hey, let's run that double reverse we were working on. But now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean I don't sit down with my coaches and put in game plans together. And But on Friday night, empower your coaches. They don't call. I mean, I've had great coordinators. They do a tremendous job for me. My offensive line coach, here's what I tell him. I'm like, listen, bud, I know this guy's supposed to block that guy. How the hell you get him there? I really don't care. Step with this foot. I know what foot you're supposed to step with. I mean, get his hand somewhere. But, you know, I turn my back and let him do his job. Uh, so empower your coaches. Let them know that, A, you trust them. and you'll, they'll, My staff works so hard for me. It's just amazing. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, because I'm from Ohio, I take my family back to Ohio. I'm not doing it this year for obvious reasons. But practice runs at Tarboro High School while I'm gone as if I'm there. I mean, and that's the way I want it. And if you don't have it that way yet, like if the head coach leaves and everything goes to hell in a handbasket, you ain't getting good quality you know, coaches underneath you, and you're not empowering them. So empower your assistant coaches. And the last thing I talked about it earlier, don't be afraid to love your kids. Don't be afraid to love your coaches. Don't be afraid to use the love word. I'm telling you what, I can't remember the when the last time was I cussed at a, I, I shouldn't say cussed, I try not to, but I fussed at a kid one-on-one -on -one out loud in front of the team. Can't remember when I've ever called it. And now I have fussed at a team when I'll pull them in. I use that example. But, like, if we're out there, you know, doing team D and all of a sudden my linebacker, you know, doesn't uh, read his guard or whatever, and, I, you know, 
what am I going to get more results out of? Standing back there and saying, Jimmy, what in the hell are you doing? Didn't you see him just start fussing at him and going ape on him? Or walk up to him, put my arm around him and say, uh, hey, uh, Maquez, did you, um, what'd your guard do that time? Uh, Coach, I don't know. Why don't you know, bud? I wasn't looking at him. What are you supposed to look at? I know I'm supposed to read my guard. Start reading your guard then. Got it? Yes, sir. You've accomplished the same thing, except, first of all, you made the kid tell you what he did wrong, which is another coaching point. If the kid can't tell you what he did wrong, then you better coach him up a little bit more. If the kid makes a mistake, I'd rather be, I'm more concerned about why he made the mistake than me cussing him out so I can look like I'm, you know, so I feel better. Go up there and say, hey, what was the problem? Why did you do what you didn't do? Have I not coached you up on that good enough? I mean, we could all learn. He, he may tell you, Coach, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't get off that block. Why couldn't you? I don't know. He was up in this position. Well, hell, that's a good time to use the rip move, isn't it? Well, he, he may tell you, well, yeah, I don't what is the rip move. Well, that's telling me I didn't do a very good job as a coach of trying to get my guy, you know, to teach him off block. So use those as teaching moments. Love your kids. Love your coaches. Show them appreciation. Hug them around the neck. I mean, you'd be amazed. My kids play so, so hard. And Coach Salas, you, you know, talked about that. And, and I think part of the reason they play so hard is because, you know, they know that I love them. And they know that I've got their back. And, you know, part of it is they don't think they want to let me down. They want to let themselves down. They want to let our town down. So when they go out there to play the game of football, man, you know, that doesn't mean we win every game. But I tell you what, we're going to go out there and we're going to play hard. So, those would be three things. I'm sure there's a lot more, but I think those three are very, very important. And I didn't have a, a pulse on those things years ago when I first got into the head coaching business. That's awesome, man. You, you're talking like an old, wise veteran coach now. <laughs> what, what's happened to us? What's happened to us? All right. No, uh, the uh, the lack of contact information when people watch this, they're probably going to, I guarantee you, they're going to want to contact you. Are you on Twitter? Is the email the best way? What's the best yeah, way for a coach for to get up with you? Yeah, email for me, which is just jcraddock. It's the, it's the email I gave you at ecps.us, which stands for Edgecombe County Public Schools. Uh, I check that every day because God knows you have to, right? You get 100 a day. So oh, yeah. um, that's the best way to get up. They didn't give my, I mean, my cell didn't call if they want. I mean, I don't care about giving out my cell phone number. I'll, I'll put the uh, I'll put your email in the uh, you know in the notes when when we post this thing will go on in about six weeks, so it's uh, it's a little ways out. But I'll I'll put it in there. I'll put your uh, your email in there. You don't have to give out your cell phone number. And then, is there anything you want to promote? You uh, I know you're a Focus Three guy. Uh, what any anything you want to talk about? This is your time. Well, no, I would just say if people are really interested in culture, you know, I mean. The above the line thinking has been a difference maker in my football program. I mean, we started this, I don't know how many years ago, four or five years ago. So, you know, don't get me wrong, we were already pretty good. I mean, we'd already, you know, played for, I think, four or five state titles. We won three. And I just remember kind of sitting in a meeting room one time, like, you know, we're just not teaching our kids. We do a great job of teaching them football, but what can we do? to teach them about how to be leaders and how to respond to certain situations that not only on the football field, but how do you respond in situations in life, you know, when you, when you meet adversity. And uh, like I said, it was, a, I went up to that Ohio state clinic and I uh, listened to urban Meyer speak on it and got his book and read it. And I tell you what, it just resonated with me. And I was like, this is exactly what I've been missing. And 
took so much from that. And like I said, I broke it down and put it in PowerPoints and uh, started preaching, you know, above and below the line, what we would accept, what we wouldn't accept, you know, stop, press the pause button. I mean, all these little catchphrases that the kids, I mean, the kids know it now. They, they use it. Um, I use it at home. I use it in my life. I mean, so it is just jam-packed full of great mental ways that you can prepare young men, or really anybody, just as a way of thinking. And it really has I mean, it's made me a better coach, maybe a better person, maybe a better father. Um, it's just been a, it was a great read. And I mean, that, I would, I would encourage any coach, not just because I'm a Ohio State fan. That's what people are saying. Oh yeah, of course you are. You're from Ohio. But I, that's true. I can't, I can't, you know, if I, if I would walk you around my house right now, you'd think I'm crazy because everything's Ohio State paraphernalia. But um, I'll just, that's why I'm here. I'll just let people say, you know, God is in control. I don't want to see what a maniac of a Ohio State fan am, but <laughs> It was uh, it was a great read. I would highly encourage it to anybody. Well, that's awesome, man. You did fantastic. I, I, when this thing airs, you're going to help a lot of people. Uh, you know, something about seeing a, a, a state championship coach who uh, who knows there's more important things than X's and O's, uh, you know, makes a difference in other coaches, especially young guys coming up or guys who are just getting you know, their first head job. Uh, you really help some folks. So I appreciate you being on, and, uh, and I appreciate you doing this. And uh, thank you, buddy. All right. Thank you, Coach. We'll be in touch shortly.